0: Listening to Closer Look. Hi, I'm Billy Branham. Arlene Pellicane wrote the books Screen Kids and Grandparenting Screen Kids, and she hosts the Happy Home Podcast on Access More. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk today, Arlene. I appreciate it. It is
1: always a pleasure.
0: How are we expected to handle
1: distance learning as parents? How are we going to make it through this? I think people already are like, "What?" They're so nervous, <laughs> and in their mind, they're thinking, "Okay." How do I keep my child on the computer when they're supposed to be? How do I keep my one child from not bothering my other child? How do I like actually get my work done while these people are supposed to be distance learning? So we had a little bit of a practice run, I think, you know, earlier this year. So I think it's a good idea for parents to ask themselves like what worked and what didn't work and to keep it simple. Master the basics. Master the basics like this doesn't have to be overly complicated, just focus on, okay, what are like two things that would help this distance learning thing work? Maybe I know I have um, one family, friends of ours that have five children and they're all pretty much, I think, fourth grade and under, you know, (laughs) they're all doing this distance learning. So for them, the basic was we need to find a place for each of these kids in our house to have school. And one of the spouses said, Hey, you know what? This is way too hard. Let's just put them at the kitchen table, (laughs) all of them. But the other spouse was like, that is so not going to work. So they did the garage sailing and the searching and the looking for like a little desk and a little table and these kinds of things. And they set up stations around their house. And when the first day of school started, they were ready. And they really said that helped a lot. So just kind of pare it down to what do we need to do to make this work, make it as basic as possible, and then kind of get busy.
0: We actually got a little creative and used the side of a cabinet and cut it in half and made two separate desks out of that. So we've got to, as parents, get creative with that. What are some of the other bigger challenges that we're all facing right now?
1: Yes, I think having a schedule is so important, but sometimes you feel like, well, it's hard to have a schedule because in your personal, your adult work schedule, sometimes that's not reliable. So it's having your plan A and your plan B and your plan C in place. So I think begin with the, what would the ideal schedule be like? And you know, I have two in high school and one in elementary school. So something that's really helped me is just printing out their block schedule. I put them by my desk. So that way, when I am sitting at my desk, I have an idea at a glance of where are my kids, where are they supposed to be, and when are their breaks? And so just having a routine A morning routine, what time does everybody wake up? Did everyone have a good breakfast before starting school? Does everyone have the computers that they need? So these kinds of things, that helps so much to have routine. And then when things are out of the routine, because all of a sudden you're called out of the house because you've got to go do something, you don't know what to do. I would say if you have older siblings, that this is really a time for older siblings to rise up and for you to be like, we need your help you know, we need your help with the four-year-old, with the six-year-old. And I know many of you are like, oh, like my, <laughs> like my kid's going to be able to do that, you know? But that's also part of what good could come out of this is what if a middle schooler, what if a sixth grader, a high schooler learned how to be helpful? Yeah. What a concept, right? And so I think as a parent, we've got to see that as an option instead of just writing that off like, oh, my older kids couldn't help. No, think, okay, how could we equip our older kid, train our older kid, reward our older kid so that they will be more helpful because that actually ultimately will help them in their life. That could really be a game changer for that older child.
0: Well, and this is a big one for parents. Our kids are on their screens for school. So
1: how can we manage their screen time? They're pretty much on a screen for, you know, five hours straight. And so when they're done, it's not the best thing to be like, okay, now we're going to watch two hours of videos or now we're going to play video games for two hours. That is not necessarily relaxing or good for the brain or any of those things we need. 60 minutes of activity. It's always what doctors have recommended. It's the same in coronavirus, if not more important, right? It's walking the dog, riding a bike, you know, whatever. Or during lunchtime, before you turn to those video games, before you turn to like the screen time, say, have we done our physical activity? So kind of put in the good things first. And then the sleep, make sure that your child is sleeping from 9 to 11 hours, because if they are sleeping 9 to 11 hours, they've got a fighting chance of doing this online school. So if my child is going to bed at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning because they're watching Netflix or they're playing video games, you've got to say this is not working. So get those big things in place. Good, solid sleep. 60 minutes of physical activity. And then a good goal that's recommended by doctors is no more than two hours of recreational screen time.
0: You're listening to Closer Look. I'm Billy Branham. Arlene Pellicane is my guest. She's author of Screen Kids, and she hosts a podcast on accessmore.com called The Happy Home. We're taking a closer look at school at home, the new normal in our COVID 19 world.
1: Virtual learning, distance learning is so difficult because. The way that a child learns typically is underneath this huge umbrella of I have this teacher who cares for me. I have this teacher who knows my name, who smiles at me, who like helps me with things when I need it. And all of a sudden that relationship, it it's not built in the same way. You know, my daughter who's in high school, she'll say, this is, she's already been in for several weeks. She'll say, but mom, my teachers don't, they don't know who I am. Like if I saw them, if I ran into him at the grocery store, you know, I was like, wouldn't you introduce yourself? And she's like, No, they don't know who I am. You know, and that's not the fault of the teacher. They may have 50 kids in a Google classroom and they've got that six times a day, six different classes. So I get that, but we're losing a lot of what would happen emotionally through that distance learning. So I think we have to think as parents, how can we fill that love tank for our kids? For some kids, that's going to be a lot of hugs. For other kids, it's words of affirmation. Hey, I noticed that you were at your desk on time with your pencil. You knew what to do. That's awesome. You're doing so good. So for some kids, they need those words. For other kids, you know what I'm talking about, Gary Chapman's The Love Languages, they need time. They need you to maybe with having difficulty for you to say, hey, you know, I'm going to take two hours off of work and we're specifically going to work together. I'm going to sit next to you. So for that kid, they need that emotionally. So think of how can you fill up their tank because it's not being filled by a teacher or even classmates, you know, socially school is, you know, yes, it's reading, writing and arithmetic, but obviously much more important than that. It's learning to deal with people, controlling your emotions, having discipline for yourself, self-control. And those things can happen, whether you're homeschooling or distance learning, they can happen at home, but we have to help our kids with the relationship part. So for us, it's been like, okay, how can we get, and everyone's different where they feel comfortable with interacting with people with coronavirus. For my daughter, we have felt like she's in high school, she's at a new school, she transferred into a new school, so she doesn't know many people in her little Google classroom. So she goes to the park, we try to do it um, on the weekends once a week. So she'll hang out at the park with two or three of her friends from her old school. And that's so good for her because it gives her something to look forward to and it lets her be with people in real life. So if there are opportunities like that, that'll help your child emotionally.
0: Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the positives. So kids are learning how to use technology on a daily basis, as in utilizing meeting platforms or even navigating the internet. So what other skills are they getting
1: out of this that they wouldn't otherwise if they were in class? I think a lot of it is the self-control and the discipline and that basic of I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this because I know it's the right thing to do, right? So it's not necessarily a teacher that's hovering right there telling you what to do. It's a child learning, you know, I need to do this. I need to pay attention in class. I need to turn in my homework. I have to solve problems. You know, a lot of kids, it's hard. Like as an adult, I would be confused. Every teacher sometimes has a different way to turn in homework. So then your child has to learn, oh, my math teacher wants it on this platform, but my science teacher wants it on this platform. So they really have to learn how to solve problems. They have to learn how to have the self-control to show up and to be there. You know, I, I had asked my high schoolers, you know, how do you motivate someone who just says, forget it? You know, like, this is not important. What, Because what, that, I think, is what we're asking ourselves as parents. Like, how do I help my child want this? because a lot of it is on them. And that is the good thing is that your child is learning responsibility for themselves. And I think we do have to let those natural consequences play out instead of saying like, oh, it's a hard time. Everybody gets a good grade. It's no, you didn't turn in your work and you're not going to get a good grade. And so for this child to learn, I need to do this. Why? Well, see that car? That's a nice car. Would you like to drive that car someday? Well, you're going to have to get a job. You get the picture. So just trying to link into your child, what's going to motivate your child to want to care and help ignite that in them. And then whether they're in kindergarten and it's because they're learning how to do their letters and they're having fun and you're really championing that, or they're a senior in high school and you're just telling them, you've got to give it your all. Because you're getting close to graduating and going on with your life, and how you grow this year is really going to impact what your 20s are going to be like. Like, if we can help them make those connections, that I think that resilience that's born out of coronavirus is great. And also, I think a really good thing that comes from this is realizing okay, technology is great. Like, this is wonderful. We can do our distance learning. We can chat with people. But you know what? Nothing replaces human interaction. I think people will see that, oh, when this is over, I should really go look at people instead of sit on social media for three hours a day and not really hang out with my friends. Something in us is born to realize we really need to see people face to face. And that would be something very important for your child to figure out. And
0: Arlene, let's finish up with maybe some of your top tips, the things that parents should take away from all the distance learning. Good advice you have. Yeah.
1: Yes. If you are quote unquote fortunate enough to be working from home, um, have lunch together with your kids. It's really good that when they are on a break, just schedule it in that you are also on a break. And so when it's time for a meal, there's we have five people in the house, parents, three kids. Everybody's in the kitchen clanging around, getting their food and we call it our cafeteria and we sit down. I think that's a good break for everybody. And it's kind of something social to look forward to. Is that sad that your poor children have to be like, oh, I'm excited to see my parents. That's how bad it's gotten. <laughs> and then encourage your kids to be an encouragement to their teachers, because that will help them also deal with this distance learning. So for instance, I gave the task of saying, okay, I want you to write a, a note, like a thank you note to your teacher. And when we picked up textbooks and they handed them the note, and I feel like a, that helps the teacher because the teacher is going through a hard time. Like the teacher has, children themselves. A lot of times that they're trying to manage and then they're trying to teach all day, it's very hard. So show appreciation to that teacher. And then of course, for your student that helps them, you know, look at other people. And it also helps build a bridge between the teacher and your child. So think of ways you can bless your teacher and kind of coach your child, whether they're in high school or they're in preschool, coach your child on how we can bless that teacher. Cause guess what? Selfishly, puts a bridge between them and that helps your teacher know your kid more and then there's going to be a more of a relationship there and that's going to help your child to learn. And then just at the end of the day, you know, you can ask your child, is there anything we could do to make your learning experience better? Like, are your headphones working? Is your space working? You know, et cetera. So asking for that feedback from your children and then really eliminating distractions. That's the last thing I'll say is if your child has a cell phone, you probably need to sit on it, you know, so really as a parent trying to get as much of the distraction off the desk as possible.
0: Arlene, as always, it's been wonderful talking with you. I appreciate all the information and all the advice.
1: Thank you so much. And God bless us all as we go to school at home.
0: I'm Billy Branham. This is Closer Look. For some families, public school is just no longer a viable option, and they've decided to take the leap to become an official homeschool family. My next guest is Kayla Weller, homeschool mom and coach slash mentor. Her Facebook group is called Homeschooling Made Easy. Welcome, Kayla. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, you're so welcome. And there are some families that are now choosing to leave public and private schools and start homeschooling. Let's talk about what you've noticed out there.
2: Yeah, so I've noticed a lot of families choosing to switch to homeschool over some of the concerns you know, going on in our, our world today. So a lot of them are homeschooling for the first time. Uh, they grew up in traditional schooling. So many of them are completely new. To this homeschool process, you know, many of them just don't know how to get started. They're wondering, well, you know, what curriculum should I use? You know, there's there's hundreds of resources out there. You know, the problem isn't that there's a lack of resources. The problem is there's too many and they don't know uh, what direction to take. And then also, you know, they've got multiple children in different age groups, different grade levels. Some of them are working. Um, so there's a lot of complexities that are involved in this. What are some tips
0: then for families just starting their homeschooling journey?
2: First, figure out what uh, what homeschool style that you want to use. Some of the ones that I know a lot of parents are doing right now is distance learning. Being just something that's done over the computer. Some of the uh, local school districts are offering sessions online. And that's more of like traditional schooling. If you want something more hands-on, there is the Charlotte Mason approach. You know, there's a lot of different ones out there. There's actually a, a quiz that you can go on to. several different places offer some homeschool style quizzes that you can take. Um, and I actually list that in my um, my homeschool group that I have. and you can go on there and you can find out your style. Then um, I've got some resources, too, where people can go to find what curriculums are based on those styles. I also really highly recommend a book by Kathy Duffy called Top 102 Picks for Homeschool Curriculum. That is an excellent starting point. Uh, it goes through all of those things, the homeschool styles. It also goes into the parents' teaching style. Um, and then it goes into the uh, learning styles of children, which is a little different than learning modalities. Um, you know, like the visual, kinesthetic, audio, the uh, audible learners. It also takes into account their personality traits and um, their preferred learning modalities and um, and some other aspects as well. And very helpful in the beginning for parents to to really find what is going to work for their families.
0: Let's be honest and have the honest conversation about how families who've decided to homeschool do have a lot of challenges ahead. So from my point of view, if I were at home with the kids all day and I was helping them learn and facilitating their schooling, I'd kind of be burnt out at the end of the day. Can you speak to families who are facing that?
2: Yes, so that is a very normal process to get burnt out. Um, you know especially for those that are new to the process and you know sometimes the kids just they're not interested you're not interested in it you know and it's just it gets hard sometimes and so definitely making sure that you have some time to yourself is is really important um, either at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day when the kids are asleep you know that's something that's really really important and also you know it's okay to just every now and again if something isn't working, like don't don't try to force something that's not working. It's okay to just be like, you know what, we're just we're gonna take a break. We're gonna, you know, move on to something else or you know, sometimes families they just they kinda have like a free day. But you know, some homeschool moms that's you know, even the experienced ones, they the ones that have been doing it for a while, we still get burnout, you know, and so sometimes we'll just gonna take a day off and Um, That's the beauty of homeschooling is that you know because you're providing the one on one with them and you know they get a lot more than they would out of the public school system. So you don't have to be spending seven eight hour days on homeschooling. You know it can be an hour or two each day. You know, or it can be two to three hours three days a week or something like that. And uh, and you have the flexibility to Take a day off, regroup, have you know spend some fun time together, you know, reconnect as a family, um, because here's the thing. like if your kids aren't enjoying it, if they're stressed out, they're not learning. If you want to try to finish that that project that you're doing or finish that those lessons and you know really force that, and they're just frustrated and overwhelmed and you're frustrated and overwhelmed, it's not accomplishing anything. So it's okay to put it aside. And, um, so yeah, make, make sure that first off that you understand your family's needs. Like if you, if you have to get out, you know, two to three times a week to kind of regroup, you know, it's a learning process, you know, experiment, you know, you're not going to fail your kids. I think that's the number one stressor with a lot of moms is thinking that they're going to fail their kids. You know, know that you're devoted to them and you are committed to their education and you. You have a community that's helping you. You're not going to fail them. There's always going to be educational gaps, whether it's in the school system or it's at home school. So just let that stress fall off of you right now.
0: A lot of moms and dads might be a little nervous or have some doubts that they can be a good teacher to their own children. So that is a concern. Coming
2: from the traditional school myself, I went through that same thing and I used to think that Oh, it's the people that have years of training and, you know, years of education that know what they're doing. You know, I'm just the common person that's just trying to make this work. That's one thing that I I do love about uh, the curriculum with, you know, the good and beautiful and things like that, because that one specifically is close to the national standard. And so you don't have to spend all that time planning and trying to figure out, oh, am I teaching my kids everything they need to know? Um, because that kind of it does it for you and so also you have to think about that even if you you know you're not using that curriculum the things that you're teaching and they are picking up on so much more than in because you're working one-on-one with them and you know you are learning how they learn and you know you're learning how to teach and everything and if they're having fun and they're picking up all of that like I said they are going to really absorb so much you would be surprised on how much kids absorb when you take the time to work with them. Kayla Weller is
0: my guest on Closer Look. I'm Billy Branham. Kayla is a homeschool mom who has advice and suggestions for families who've decided to leave public school to learn at home.
2: Homeschooling made easy. You can go on there. There's some great resources that I give a list of co-ops that you know parents can uh, enroll their children into. They provide you know supplemental learning experiences. Easy Peasy is one, is another really good resource. Um, That one is a free online curriculum parents can use. Go on Facebook. There are so many homeschooling groups that you go on to. And if you need anything, if you need any advice, um, the homeschooling community is so helpful to um, new homeschool moms. And they'd be willing to answer any questions that you have, uh, as well as the group that I mentioned. Um, so yeah, check, definitely check out those resources. Um, and then, uh, let's see, there's, uh, for those of you that you know, are interested in, in, uh, hands-on curriculum, Waldorf inspired learning. Uh, Waldorf is another homeschool style that you can check out that really focuses on the art. And, um, it's really, really wonderful. It's very simplistic and, um, you know, pretty easy to follow the woman that has that website. Um, she offers a, a toolkit that really helps you with curriculum because, you know, what she believes is that with you, when anytime you buy a curriculum, you're going to end up tailoring it to your, towards your children anyway, uh, you know, because each family is different. And typically when you buy a curriculum, you're only using about 30 to 60% of that anyway. And so what she does is she helps you use whatever resources that you have right now and, She gives a really simplistic process on how to uh, apply that to your family, how to homeschool your kids right now with what you have without paying any more money into other curriculums, you know, searching for that, the perfect bundle, you know, the perfect plan Uh, The toolkit that she offers, I think, is only like $36 or something like that. And it's very comprehensive. And it really helps parents walk through the process of of how to shape that for their family and, and gives them really good guidance.
0: You talked about some advantages of families having that flexibility. What are some of the other advantages for families who are teaching their kids at home?
2: You know, the other thing is that you can teach them what they're interested in. There's not a set way that you have to teach your kids. Like there's not set curriculum. There's not a set topic. If you're teaching them a history lesson on ancient Egypt and they're not interested, you can find something else that they are more interested in. You know, let's say that they wanted to learn about dinosaurs. Okay, so let's do dinosaurs. You know, you can. Do, there's flexibility in that. There's flexibility in and how you go about doing it. For example we've actually been studying about ancient Egypt because they were doing a a project building with mini marshmallows and toothpicks. And they were just, you know, doing a a little STEM activity where they were just, you know, building, making different shapes. And so we were using that. We were talking about the, you know, pyramids and and whatnot. And that led into the conversation about ancient Egypt. And so, you know, we got to do hands-on activities. So it's really fun being able to have the ability to change what we teach, based on what their interests are and and how we do that. Just, it can be a lot of fun. That's one thing that I I love about about homeschooling. Uh, Again, like it doesn't have to be eight hours a day, five days a week. It can just be a couple hours a day, you know, you homeschool like in the morning or in the afternoon when the baby is asleep. If you have, you know, little ones, you know, you can get it done then, and then you're free for the rest of the day. You have so much more time freedom with your kids. There's so much more time for connection and for relationship. Um, You know exactly what your kids are learning. They don't come home from school and, you know, you ask them, hey, what'd you learn today? I don't know. (laughs) you know, and you're in control of of their education. And, um, and then, you know, you can implement what is important for them, for, for your family. You know, one thing that's important for mine is, is creativity, teaching them how to think, how to learn, and also spirituality, you know, teaching them about God, teaching them about Christianity. That's really important for me you know, in schools that they can't really do that, you know, because there's so many different people that might offend some people. They don't, and it's hard to really have an uh, environment where you can, you can set up to allow for creativity between individuals other than, you know, art class. And so there's a lot of different things that you can do. And then you can add into your curriculum that can't be done in public school. So that's definitely another advantage.
0: How can homeschooled children become properly socialized?
2: They're not around a lot of other kids. You know, one thing that we try to do is we try to make sure that, you know, they're frequently having like play dates with friends. Like, you know, we have a um, uh, a, a prayer group that, you know, us parents pray and then, you know, the kids are, are hanging out. You know, the other family's kids are, are hanging out. And there's also um, with the homeschool co-ops, there's a lot of social co-ops right now you can usually find on on Facebook or on meetup.com. They're a good way for you to meet other kids, uh, other families that are homeschooling. um, It also gives the parents good socialization as well to meet other like-minded homeschool parents. Another thing that we do is, you know, we like to occasionally, you know, we do some uh, FaceTime. I know that's virtual. It's not the face-to-face, but, you know, that at least does help, they're stuck at home and, you know, they can't go anywhere. You know, that's something that we've done. That's a, a nice little added benefit of, of the internet as much as sometimes we don't like it, technology these days. <laughs> but um, when you're, when you, you can plan different activities and different like play dates and whatnot with co-ops and so that your kids don't have to be isolated that's really important for the majority of homeschool moms is how they can become socialized and, you know, not grow up like this socially awkward person that doesn't understand social norms and everything. (laughs) Yeah. So um, that's something that's helped us a lot.
0: Kayla, can you tell me your website information one more time?
2: Uh, If you want to go to facebook.com slash groups slash homeschooling made easy, you can request to join the group and um, there'll be tons of information, some really good like downloads and things that you can use to help you in this process. I'm also going to be doing another challenge where I talk a little bit about homeschool burnt out and, and, um, you know, give some resources to help for parents that feel like, you know, this curriculum isn't really working for me homeschooling. Is not really what I thought? And it's not working for us. And I've seen a lot of parents talk about that and how they feel like they are not a good teacher. They feel like they, their kids just can't learn from them. Um, So I really want to help those struggling moms. Um, My Facebook page is uh, homeschooling academy and mentoring program. Once you um, follow the page and there'll be a link to the group in the post. Because I really do want to help new homeschool moms that are transitioning from traditional schooling. I know that this is a really difficult process right now for many, and it can be very intimidating. And I really, my passion is to help new homeschool parents to become confident in themselves that they can homeschool, they can be successful in their homeschooling. Well, thank
0: you so much, Kayla. I appreciate it. Yes, you're so welcome.